Scott with SG Wildfire. I want to do a podcast, Proof the Bible is Real. And some things that I learned and when I was questioning whether or not the Bible is real that, that uh, I'd love to share. So Chuck Missler, the late and great Chuck Missler, I love what he would say, 66 books, over 40 authors, multiple languages, and every number letter placed for a reason. You know, he'd always say it's above and beyond time, space, continuum, and, you know, history is written before it happens. The other piece that I just recently learned this maybe a couple of years ago is that there's one rib bone that if you were to chop it off, it'll actually grow back. And I found an article where it says it will grow back up to eight inches. And so, you know, you think about it, you're Adam and God made Eve out of Adam's rib and you wake up, you're like, where'd my rib go? And it grows back. I mean, it's just amazing the design of it. And then early on when I was starting, when I was researching, reading the Bible, um, I remember hearing a testimony from a guy who said he came to Christ by, he was, he was in the ancient book business and he's like the only Bible that has genealogies of these ancient books and the historical books is the Bible. And that, that took me back. Cause then all of a sudden I heard the story of Genesis five from Adam down to Noah, where the Hebrew names, basically they have meanings. And when you look at this, the gospel is in the, is baked into the genealogy. So man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. I mean, that's the gospel in the old Testament. And I remember hearing a guy basically talk to rabbis. He's like, there's no way a rabbi baked this in, you know, the gospel into the, the genealogy. And he's, he was saying, yeah, a lot of them would agree. They're like, this is pretty wild. So then when, when you dive into archaeology, um, it's, you know, I was under the impression that Noah's Ark might have been, you know, I heard this guy that I really respected or, you know, pretty, pretty interesting guy. He's since passed an author, but he, he's like, Noah's Ark was more of a digital genome capture where they put, you know, everybody's genes on disks because there is evidence that the technology was far advanced than what we even have today. Um. But I, I think it was just a literal boat, you know, animals brought in two by two and really research Ron Wyatt's work. He basically was recognized by the Turkish government that, yes, this is Noah's Ark. They have fences around this. And this 515 feet is a cubic that or measurement from um, from Moses's time in, the, in Egypt. And it measured out perfect. And he scanned this. You know, he did a lot of science behind this and actually he was on some mainstream news and they gave him a fair shake. I think it was the early nineties, which is pretty fascinating. So if you try to go find this video, hopefully you can see this here with Ron Wyatt. I had to watch 10 minutes worth of commercials to get to it. It's almost like with Americans short attention spans that, um, that we were, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if they want us to see this, you know, it's just, just my opinion. And the other thing he did is he actually took some rivets, um, you know, what looked like rivets and they had it tested and sure enough, it came back pretty, pretty sound that this definitely is a man-made object and a Christian that I really respect. He's like, I don't know if they had metal work back then, you know, and here's some, here are some Bible verses that really talk about how metal, um, you know, metal was used back, back in the day. So pr pretty amazing evidence that this thing is real. And then you look at the different carvings around the world. There are 2,000 carvings in Armenia that basically show, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, Noah's Ark. I mean, just amazing. More archaeology. Um, 
this video podcaster, he's called Rise, basically went to Sodom and Gomorrah and he found one of these sulfur balls and burned it. And, you know, I thought, I thought that was pretty promising. And also Ron Wyatt has been there and investigated and you can just see the buildings. Um, highly recommend going to that YouTube video and checking it out, but archaeology and there's probably thousands of examples of just always confirming the bible's history is true but i thought what was really fascinating is sulfur which was found in places of all five cities that were judged in fine powder compressed in the sphere in burnt capsule sulfur is found in purity up to 98 percent these balls they have been many sulfur analysis of samples throughout the world all experts were able to test the sulfur stated that the samples are completely unique here so fire and brimstone god judging right so part of me was like, no way to God part the Red Sea. I remember reading some things of like trying to explain it in man's head of, you know, maybe it was a swampy area. And this guy here is a doctor that um, worked with some royal families. I can't remember which country or which family, but he was able to get passes and he scuba dive, took these pictures of wheels in the Red Sea. And it was a section that has a sandbar, you know, still deep but it's not as deep and it's just straight across. And it was pretty amazing um, testimony that this guy had of of evidence that, you know, as, as as the Israelites fleed Egypt and then Pharaoh pursued and then God collapsed the Red Sea on the people. I mean, just amazing. So the other thing here that is kind of wild, I never thought that, a whale could swallow a man with the story of Jonah, but this just recently happened. I'm not going to play the video. You can look it up, but he ended up having dislocated um, knees and his partner that pulled him out. saw the whole thing happen. You know, news is some, some of the news is trying to dismiss it, but at the end of the day, yes, God can have a whale or a big fish swallow a human being and you can survive in it. I mean, <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. Just a proof point. I think God has a sense of humor, right? That's great. So the other thing I want to talk about with the Bible being 100% real, um, so we talked about genealogy, we talked about rib growing, we talked about archaeology, evidence. Now let's go after the big evolution scam, and I'll fall apart here. It's well known that all complex with high degree of orderliness is always thinking of their author, designer, individual parts, and components with high specific units by the order. This applies to all living things and organisms as well as human products are never in these functional units, organized systems by themselves evolve and not sit. You may have to pause and read that again. Life arises only from life passing derived copy of a complex program from generation to generation. The original, that is life, had to be at the very beginning. The fact is science, the rest is lies and fantasies claiming that the first life arose spontaneously from non-living matter. I like to call that rock poop is unscientific and ridiculous. This is pure cheating of the general public. But I want to get into the giant hoax and cover up, you know, so that if you look at evolution of most animals, the record says that things got smaller over time. Deep, you know, they basically um, got worse. The, the genes were degenerated is the word. However, with all modern emphasis of education built on theory of evolution and the growing stature of humanity, we can't very well have the Smithsonian running around telling people that we are degenerated from ancient race of giants who once ruled America. Now, can we, you know, I think, I think the giants obviously with the six toes, the Nephilim blood that we talked about with the UFO deception, but then also it just, everything was bigger. And one of the theories was 
you know, we were all bigger. Um, God's creation was bigger because there was more oxygen, which is very interesting. And I love this. The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones filled the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now, Abe Lincoln. So is this hidden history in the news? You bet. So this is an article from the Syracuse. Well, actually, let's step back. There was a recent article in The Guardian um, where they found a huge, massive skull in China. And I think it was, I think he was seven to eight feet tall and just thick girth, right? You know, some of these giants, when they're 12 feet high, they weigh, they're, it's estimated up to 1,200 pounds. So these aren't just tall, skinny people. These are massive people. And they go on to say, we might have to take a look at evolution. Yeah, it's called the Bible. So this piece here from the you know, 1897 Syracuse Daily News, um, mighty race of people, and they're advanced. Beyond a doubt, they were numerous and as well as powerful people. And then this article goes on to say, you know, their, their tools were, were pretty wild. You know, their um, tip of a spear, 10 inches in length. You know, you think of our spears, definitely not that big, densely in, inhabited by a race of people that were further advanced in civilization, civilization than Indians and everybody else than us. <laughs> 1915, a lot of 1900s articles, um, a skeleton of the giant eight feet tall has been found near Silver City, New Mexico, 12 foot giant. Um, here's kind of to give some perspective of the jaw. I mean, it's just huge. This one is great near Nevada, California, Arizona border area, 32 caves with 180 miles square mile were discovered to hold remains of ancient, strangely costumed eight to nine foot giants. They've been laid to rest wearing the skins of unknown animals, similar to sheepskins fashioned into jackets described as prehistoric zoot suits. They were styled in, you know, probably awesome looking suits, suit suits. That's great. The same burial place had found 10 to 15 years, but 10 to 15 years earlier by another man to deal with the Smithsonian. Now this is something that happens a lot is the Smithsonian gets involved with these giants and they would lose them, you know, either a wreck, never got them. This should be the number one thing that is on their display, these massive giants, but they're lost. This article continues to go on to talk about how I thought this was interesting. Maybe these are the Nephilim that in these caves, they found markings like the Masonic order, right? The mystery schools, the hidden knowledge, interesting marks of the Masons. But they also had well-preserved remains of dinosaurs, saber-toothed tigers, imperial elephants, other extinct beasts were paired off in niches as if on display because they lived with them, right? In these caves, they had these giants doing artwork on their caves of them. And, you know, I'm from Michigan. Sure enough, found that there were a ton of giants found in Michigan as well. And lastly, just in terms of them being ahead of our time, I thought this was interesting. These antique races seem to have had some process of hardening copper unknown to modern processes. They love their copper. So within my process, you know, the last part too, um, the last part about the Bible being real, and this could be a 50 part series, but you know, a third of the Bible is prophecy and there are 2,500 prophecies and 2,000 have been fulfilled. And I'm not going to play this, but highly recommend Josh McDowell. I think he's, um, you know, in his, his place of true life, this video here where he goes on to talk about um, 
with all the different manuscripts, you know, that they've hundred percent verified that at least 200 years before Christ, that if only eight of them happen on one day, his analogy is that it's like you put, you know, a foot, I think a foot of silver dollars in the state of Texas and you mark one and you blindfold someone and say, go find that, you know, go pick one, walk around, go pick one. And if you pick the one with the mark, then that's the chances of eight prophecies being fulfilled by Jesus Christ, you know? So just, just quite amazing. So I think it's key to have the right Bible. So let's just read. So I testify on every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book or this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city and from these things which are written in this book. And when I was just researching Bibles, I came across, you know, the King James versus other Bible iterations. And a lot of them with the changes, even though they're easier to read, it's just kind of butchered, you know, what Christ has done and, you know, do your research on it. I just took a little snippet here and, and here is, you know, an article on it, but there's, there's a ton of places where you can just say, what does the King James say versus other Bible versions? And I think now, I, the, the the perversions out of control with some places, you know, with the woke culture of pronouns. And so just make sure you get the right Bible. Um, so it's a quick one. I have a longer version on um, some other platforms, but where I play out the videos, um, but God bless.